All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic out in Surrey. Look at that new banner for those on the YouTube oh. live show. You can see it. 
Uh, Canucks Conversation is brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. They also have free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. So be sure to go check out our friends over at Zephyr Epic. They are also, like many of us, on social media channels. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch with the weekly case break openings, and Instagram as well. A lot of good poll questions, a lot of different stuff going on over at Zephyr Epic. So be sure to go check them out. They've got all of your trading card needs covered. Pokemon, hockey, Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever it is that tickles your fancy. Go check it out. Upper Deck Series 2 is out now. My co-host, Chris Faber. My name is David Rodelli, technical producer, is Alex Lard. Intern Emil is behind the scenes. Oh, Emil. Faber wearing his polo today. Emil with the with shout a out. fresh haircut. Emil, I, I got to shout out Emil more. Emil's been doing a fantastic job. You know, people see the Canucks Army socials, and that used to be me. Mm-hmm. You know, people have seen that. People noted that. I talked about it a lot. Emil is taking over the Canucks Army socials. Intern Emil. Um, and he is doing a, f- he's doing a bang up job. Oh. Doing a very, very good job uh, for us. And you, you've got a little fresh haircut over there. Yep, got one yesterday. Uh, I told you uh, I was on the show on Tuesday. I said if I wear the visor... Next time you see me, I'll have uh, I'll have a haircut. You almost said Emil was doing a fantastic job, but you pulled it back. So what what's Emil doing wrong? I think Emil's doing a fantastic job. I I rank bang up higher than fantastic. Like if you're doing a fantastic job, that's great. But if you're doing a bang up job, like bang up means that there's no no error at all, right? I don't know. I'd rather be called fantastic than a bang up. That's just I'm me. now looking it up. Yeah, look for it. Well, Is there yeah, a ranking? Okay, maybe. Yeah, bang up means very good or excellent, uh, according to the Cambridge Dictionary. I'd rather be a fantastic person. Let me rip this pack. We're looking for a Kuzmenko Young Gun. That is the card to pull here. Um, we do have a rookie, but it is not Kuzmenko. A rookie of Cole Kepke? Kepke? I don't know who this guy is. Never heard of him. Cool. Anyways, I, one of these days I'm going to pull the damn uh, the, the Kuzmenko card here pretty quick, I hope. One of these days here. I want that young gun. That's a fun young gun. But we got a fun one last time on the show with Bowie. The uh, That's going out to Lisa out there in Seattle. Can I start with something, Quads, off the top? You always get mad at me sure. for this stuff. Uh, but by the way, yeah, look at that Zephyr Epic. The Zephyr Wings, it looks like, up top there. I love the look of that uh, on the YouTube now, by the way. How weird is it? Okay, we get to the rink yesterday in Abbotsford. we got lots to get to. Lots of Abbotsford stuff to talk about. We get to the rink yesterday. Warm. Had the AC on the whole drive. Thank God. Jeez, three hours of driving. But had the AC on the whole time. It's a weird vibe to me when baseball's going on. It's sunny outside, and you're heading into a rink. But I was telling you yesterday, I kind of like it. But at the same time, it's a weird feeling because it's warm outside. It's you know We've had some really nice days here in Vancouver over the last couple days. And I tell you, it's a strange feeling going into the rink on a warm day. I'll tell you that. But even no, it's worse, though. Remember those summer workouts where we were going out to, uh, what's eight rinks called now? What's it called? It wasn't at eight rings, remember? They oh, were, uh, well, th- yeah, okay. This, those aren't really summer. I was thought you were talking about development camp out no, at no. UBC. That was really bad. No, that's that was weird. real bad. There were some hot days. We, You and I were uh, talking to players outside in the sun. We had to get into the shade. So, I don't know. It's throwing me off through a little right. bit of a loop here. But uh, it's good. I'll tell you. We'll get to Abbots for a second. But I got to get this up, too, because I said this to my fiance earlier today. I said, Oh, like uh, my mom, maybe she gets out early on Friday. She's a teacher, and I'm going to see her on Friday before the game. But when I grew up, 
Fridays you got out early. Like Friday, like I went to school from eight, like nine o'clock to three o'clock Monday to Thursday, and then Fridays you showed up at nine, same you did the rest of the week. But you're out of there at one o'clock, one thirty. Like you got out early on Fridays, and and that was awesome. Fridays were great, and now I see, and so I tweeted it out, and I'm seeing people reply like. Oh, my kid gets every second Thursday out early. Uh, Tuesdays, we start at 9.45 instead of 8. I'm saying, what the hell's going on? Why don't you just give the kids Fridays off? That's what I had when I was a kid. You, I need to ask you this because I had it every Friday. You're done. 1.30, you're on the hockey court. You're playing till your parents are done work at 5. You got three and a half hours of hockey at the end of Friday. And, and I don't know. Maybe that was just an Nanaimo thing. Because you, did you have this? Did you have Fridays you got out early? Was that a choice or like by the school, the school let you out at that time? Or was that like something you and your friends did? What are you talking about? Yeah, no, like the school, like school ended on Fridays. You were out early. Fridays, you were out early. Your weekend started. It was great. It was awesome. Like one thirty, we were done. And this is, this is elementary school. This is high school. Everything, everything that I had as a, as an adolescent going to school, we were out early on Fridays. So I don't know. This is the weirdest thing. Heck, there well, was a, one of our high schools in Nanaimo, I guess not technically, but out in Cedar, they only had a half day on Fridays. They were done. The, the second half of Friday out in Cedar was like, a, it was like a homework club or something. It was like for you to catch up on all your homework throughout the week. You could stay, but kids had the option. You could just leave at noon. So, and the, so I tweeted this out. My fiance was, she's from New Brunswick. She has no idea what I'm talking about with this. They were, you know, I don't know how many, how long they're going to school, but like nine to three, Monday to Friday. No way. Like Fridays, you got out early. That was a thing. Did you have this or no? No, this is this was not what a thing hell? that I and I can tell you. Look, like I haven't been in high school for five years now. Um, well, as of as of five years ago, the Burnaby School District, I could tell you confidently, did not do this. There was no early dismissal. Like sometimes, if there was parent teacher conferences or whatever, but you're saying every Friday you would get out like an hour and fifteen minutes early. Yeah, in high school too. Like it wasn't just uh, elementary, but like you know, shout out to Harewood Elementary, rest in peace. They, they tore that thing down, but. You were out Friday, and like I said, parents, they, they'd pick you up at the same time. They'd come get you at about 3.30, 4 o'clock. We're all playing hockey. Fridays was, as soon as Friday was done, Chronic Hand says 9 to 3, Monday to Friday. Come on. Give the kids Friday off. Let them go out and play together. Your parents can still come pick you up at the same time. That's what I had. I had a great childhood living like that. We played hockey every Friday after school. After, and it was all day long at Harewood we'd be playing. And then at NDSS, and here's Dexter. Chris, I go to NDSS. We get out at one forty-six on Mondays and Fridays. So they get Mondays and Fridays. I didn't get Mondays. We didn't get the Mondays. You're not even. Off. You're like not even in school at that point. What? I I don't get it. I I didn't know that was a thing. I maybe I should have gone to school uh, in Nanaimo. I guess. Oh, well, maybe that was just maybe it was in Nanaimo. I mean, there are no half days. Yeah, I want to. Quads doesn't do half day Fridays. Apparently, he just doesn't do Fridays. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a thing. You started early on that. Alex out east because my fiance was. She had no idea what I was talking about when I said this. Is this something in Ontario? Are, your kids are still too young for school, right? They're not in school yet. But is that a thing out there? Like, do you get Fridays off, or is it this weird? That that was the thing that pissed me off the most about this. The people in the replies like, "Oh yeah, every second Tuesday where uh, we start an hour and a half late. What the hell is going on?" What the hell? What the hell are they doing every second Tuesday? I feel like this. This was like, like what's that movie? Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're like, everyone's just like playing this for you. Like, you you came up with this a lot. Like, I take I'm half day Friday favor, and uh, 
you just started taking the afternoons off and eventually instead of fighting you all the time, they just said like, okay, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And everyone else, you would take off and. No Fridays. I'd be Fridays at Harewood or at Quarterway, which was where I had to go after Harewood closed down in uh, Nanaimo. Heck I'd be walking across the street. I'd be at little Caesars at uh, one thirty-five. Five minutes after that bell went, I'm at little Caesars. <laughs> I had my $5 that I saved okay. up from the, uh, from the week. Cause I used to work when I was a uh, nine year old, I was working. So I'm, you know, scrounging up toonies and loonies i'd be 135 every friday i'm at little caesar's and you know i'm getting myself a five dollar pizza back then you get a dip for 75 cents and you're laughing i'm laughing about it shout out to dexter by the way in class right now at my former high school ndss dexter's watching the show in the right now at ndss <laughs> shout out my old uh the islanders over there ndss islanders good school well i can, think can i agree dexter with alex on friday, or is dexter busy in class Dexter says uh, they're out at 146 on Monday and Fridays. So they've even extended it now for us, for those NDSS. I wonder if they still got asbestos at NDSS. Let me know, Dexter. We had a real bad asbestos. Okay, okay, okay. I wish, I'll close it out here. I wish that you had a late start on Monday mornings and Mm -hmm. an early dismissal on Fridays. If you could pick, because Dexter's saying Monday and Friday, you get out early. Late start to Monday, early dismissal on Friday. I'll tell you what, in grade 12, I had a free block for a semester in the morning. Like my day didn't start till 1130. That was the best. That was the best. You didn't start till second block. Now I think of it, second block was actually like 10, but still felt like a really long time to be able to sleep in, not do anything. It was the best. Listen, I'll tell you this, my final semester of of high school. So I, listen, I was, I did French immersion. I skipped ahead in classes. I was a good high school student back in the day. I was a good student. So I got ahead of everything. My final semester, I had half my day was was spare blocks, like you mentioned. I didn't even need to take any of those classes. And then the other half of the day, I was in gym, I was in PE, and then I was peer tutoring PE for the next block. Best semester of my life. I go to school the last semester of uh, of grade twelve, doing nothing. I was doing. I just went to PE half the day. I just hung out in the gym, you know, just throwing dodgeballs at those grade eights, just ripping them apart every day in that uh, that peer tutoring. Oh man. Some of the some of the hits you used to do in that class on those grade eights, and you you know I got an arm quads. I oh I'd lay into those kids. It would be twenty five on two. I'd normally grab one of my buddies who's in the cafeteria or whatever, and we'd give those kids all they can handle. Those grade eights, we'd rip them apart. We'd rip them apart. Bruises, those rubber balls, the orange ones. Oh, they could hit. They made a good smack when they hit someone too. Okay, moving on. Uh, last night, recording this on Thursday, Wednesday night. You and I are out in Abbotsford. Game three, Abbotsford Canucks are facing elimination against the Calgary Wranglers. Chris, what happened in that game? Because we're still here, and as you can see on the ticker, folks, staying alive yeah. is uh, our headline. Uh, 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 staying alive. Get it up, Alex. Look at that. The Abbotsford Canucks staying alive. They're down 2 nothing. coming back to Abbotsford. Looking good. Look at this. The two goalies leading the way, of course. Artie and Marty. Come on. That's got to be – how do you not capitalize on that with some content? The Abbotsford Canucks got to get going on that good content team. But, yep, staying alive, uh, playing good. Hey, listen, what do they say about playoff series? It's not a series until you win on the road. Might not even happen like that. Abbotsford's got to win these last three games. they got two more games now. But uh, goals from Linus Carlson, that was huge, right? Like getting that power play goal that early from Linus Carlson was great. I felt like that set a good mood for the, for the group because Carlson did this all season long. He was a power play guy in front, net front. Hadn't done anything up to this point in the uh, AHL playoffs over the four games that they've played already. That's the first series and the second series. It was great to see him find the back of the net, and he did it the way that 
that I think is so impressive. Like, you you see this now, Quads, and I heard this from some people that uh, shot me some DMs who were at the game yesterday. They're like, hey, Linus Carlson's big. I'm like, yeah, like, he's big. He's tough. He's, uh, I've mentioned it before, like, the reason he's wearing the bubble all season long is because he's getting in guys' faces. He's getting punched in the face all season long. Uh, but you get an early goal from him on the power play. That was huge. Christian Wallanen finally getting some offense going. I know he got a lucky bounce, but uh, to get him on the scoreboard was also great for them. And then I, I have to say, and, and we saw this, Abbotsford Canucks, they sent out a tweet, big goals from Carlson and Wallanen last night. They forgot about Kyle Rau. Was that, that, that was the biggest goal of the game. It's a game-winning goal, Kyle Rau in the third period. And that was how crucial of a goal is that? Because, Quads, let's remember how this second period ended. A five-on-three opportunity for the Abbotsford Canucks. They do not score on that. Right after that, Niels Huglander, we'll talk about him a little bit more, he takes that slashing penalty. They go to, and then Calgary goes to work on the power play to, to close out that second period. They don't score, and it felt like that was a real time right there after that intermission. Calgary could have came back in that game and really pushed. It was a 2-1 game going into the third period. Then early on, a minute 10 into that third period, you get a goal from Kyle Rau. Huge goal for this team, right? Like, huge goal for this team. I wanted to mention this about Rao. He's, so he's leading the Abbotsford Canucks now in points. He's tied with Niels Huglander uh, throughout the playoffs here. But let me get you this stat up. Niels Huglander, five points in five games. Kyle Rao, five points in five games. Niels Huglander, eight minor penalties in five games. Kyle Rao, nothing. He's playing, he, this is the, the, like, we talk about the young players on this team so much. And it's the exciting part. It's the guys who are going to play, you know, in the NHL, hopefully at some point. But Kyle Rau's a real good piece to have. 30-year-old guy who's been around. He's got some NHL experience. He's been in the AHL a lot more throughout his career. But for him to come out five points in five games, no penalty minutes, just been a solid top six guy. He's been that all season long for this Abbotsford team. He's been a real guy who just kind of fits in that top six. He's not going to come out of there. He's a guy you trust both ways. Like, you you saw him at the end of the game last night. He was getting so many shifts late in that third period because they trusted him. They trust him, and he's a guy that I think this group really trusts, right? Like, he's a veteran player who brings a lot to the organization down there in Abbotsford. I uh, just wanted to give him a shout-out, because that goal yesterday ends up becoming the game winner. I, I thought without that goal, that game would have been real tight to watch, right? Like, the last third period there, we saw the Wranglers pushing. I, I did like how Abbotsford pushed, though, too. Like, they pushed in that third period, but that goal from Rao, like, they really needed that, and I think that really, that set the barn on fire, right? Like, that had to be the biggest uh, celebration in the game, to get that two-goal lead early in the third period. Uh, and then they took that game to bed last night uh, with a nice 3-2 finish uh, in that one. And give them credit. Shut down the Calgary Wranglers in the final 10 minutes when the Wranglers were only down by a goal. And they were pressing. Like, they were pressing very hard. And, look, you give a shout-out to Kyle Rao, of course. I don't know why he wasn't mentioned in the tweet, especially when uh, Christian Wallanen was referred to as a Canucks prospect along with Linus Carlson. Canucks prospects, Linus Carlson, uh, and Christian Willanen score some goals is what the tweet said. Willanen's 28 years old. We're not going to get into all that. But yeah, Kyle Rau deserves some respect there. Posting in, you heard the ping. You saw the celebration. I was taking videos of the fans and every uh, every goal that went in. That's kind of my duty when we go out there to Abbotsford. So it's on the Twitter account. But give them credit for shutting that game down. Because look, like I wrote the four keys to victory. Um prior to that game actually i wrote it in the car part of it uh on our long drive into abbotsford thanks to that accident on highway one and all four of them like i'm just gonna quickly go through them because all four of them it was it was almost like check 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 and although these games were very close through games one and two and the Canucks were right there right like that's what i actually led off with was they were right there like both of these games go to overtime 
Um, they don't need to change much, but they do need to change a couple things. This is what I wrote. Number one, stay out of the box. Looking at you, Niels Hoaglander. Sure enough, that happened. They stayed out of the box, limited the Calgary power plays. Um, again, it's hard not to beat your previous best, which was seven. Seven was uh, what they gave up in game two. So you needed to do a little bit better than that. The next one, don't force the goalies to be great. Archer Silovs and Spencer Martin have been good in this series. Haven't been spectacular against Bakersfield. Like they were fine against Bakersfield. The defense in front of them was really good against Calgary. And I'm sorry, I misspoke a second ago against Calgary. I, I think both goaltenders have been exceptional, uh, at least in games one and two last night. I thought Spencer Martin was fine. That second goal beat him. Did probably wants that one back, to be honest with you. It wasn't really a good goal to give up, especially protecting a lead late. And he spoke about it. The guys in front of him shutting down the game, they deserve a ton of credit. The goalie last night, Spencer Martin, didn't have to be great for Abbotsford to get that win. The next one, score a power play goal. Sure enough, that happens. Linus Carlson, as you mentioned, 10 minutes in. And let's not forget, the Wranglers actually opened the scoring in that game in the first three minutes. Um, and all of a sudden, the Abbotsford Canucks are down in that game. Look, that's a huge goal to score. You've talked about it a lot. Linus Carlson, big goal. And then, of course, the fourth one, the Abbotsford home crowd. How much did we hear last night? Who we talked to? We talked to Colleton. We talked to Carlson, uh, Rathbone, Willannon. All of them spoke about the crowd. Colleton said it helps us big time. He talked about the importance of the home crowd, and Abbotsford didn't disappoint last night. We didn't expect them to, but look, it was a Wednesday night. You thought, okay, well, Wednesday nights are usually pretty quiet, especially you know uh, for non-NHL-level hockey. Usually a pretty quiet night. It was not quiet last night, and that place was nearly sold out. Like You, you were hard-pressed to find an empty seat in that barn last night. Friday's going to be a big game. Same sort of deal. Yeah, Friday is going to be even better, right? Like Friday is going to be even better because you don't have work the next day. It's going to be a blast out there in Abbotsford on Friday. Like, very excited for tomorrow's game. Uh, let me touch on one of the things you brought. You brought up the goalies, right? And uh, we'll get your thoughts on this. And we can get the stat up here, Alex. I got the uh, the AHL goalies. Um, you mentioned it. Like you don't want to get into a goaltending battle against Dustin Wolf, right? Like we we've we've talked about him enough on this show. Uh, if you haven't heard enough Dustin Wolf, go back and listen to Ryan Pike every fourth word. We know it, Wolf. Uh, but let's uh, let's get the stat up here because this is uh, this is interesting. Uh, Spencer Martin, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Do they, do they go back at this point? Because it's been 21 consecutive games now where the Abbotsford Canucks have just alternated. They've just been swapping through these guys. It's Seelovs one night, it's Martin the next. And it's Seelovs this night, Martin the next. They just roll and roll and roll. 21 straight games. They've just flip-flopped. Spencer Martin is number one in the AHL right now throughout the playoffs for save percentage. He's sitting at a 943 save percentage. It's impressive. It's good. Much better than Dustin Wolf. I'll tell you that. Dustin Wolf threw three games. He's sitting at a 917, which is, hey, still good. Still good in the AHL. But, but Archer Seelovs, he's played in two games. He's sitting at a 914 save percentage. Spencer Martin gets a nice bump there. Obviously, he had the shutout in game one of the playoffs against Bakersfield. But I'm curious here, Quads. Do they make it 22 consecutive games of swapping back and forth? Or do you think Martin has done enough? Because that's my part of the argument. I don't think either guy's done enough to be the guy. And whatever they're doing right now with this alternating, it's working, right? It's working. Maybe it throws throws the opposition off a little bit because you prepare for one goalie and then you have to prepare for the next. You have to change your game plan. But I'm curious if they go back to Spencer Martin maybe on Friday after the way that he's played so far in these playoffs. Hey, like I said, number one goaltender in the AHL playoffs right now with that 943 save percentage. 
I think it's Seelovs. I think you go back to Seelovs. And this isn't a knock on Martin. It's just that's what's worked for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think if you go back to Seelovs and it doesn't work, that any, anybody's going to say, well, you should have stuck with Martin. Like, Seelovs talked about it in particular. Like, I'm not saying they have different mindsets on it, but we've heard more from Spencer Martin in the sense of, yeah, like both of us want to play. Whereas when we talked to Seelovs and you and I had a laugh about this, Seelovs was like, yeah, I think this is bringing out the best of both of us. And I really like it the way it is um, with alternating starts. So I don't think you're going to get a drop off in play. If you go back to Seelovs, I, I think you have to. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, I'm not trying to knock Spencer Martin or anything, but he didn't do anything last night that made you go, whoa, well, he's got to start the next game. Like, he's got to be your guy. Hey, if that, you go to game seven. Yeah, sorry, let me cut in here. That you second alternate? goal, that second goal, yeah. quads, hey, you got, you got to have that one, right? That second goal there that he came on the right wing, left shot guy, gets it pretty far shot away, no screen or anything. That's when you got to save. And, I mean, you're <laughs> kind of happy that that goal doesn't end up costing you because that, that is a shot that you think Spencer Martin would stop most of the time. That was a, listen, you can call it what it is. It was a bad goal against it was one you should have had. And I'm not even saying it should be Seelovs because he let in a bad goal against Martin did. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's what's worked for you. You've done it for 21 consecutive games. Martin, like, think about it this way, Chris. The way I don't think, the reason I don't think it's going to happen, and ultimately at this point I, I think it's a fine decision to go back to Seelovs. The reason I don't think it's going to happen is we saw a shutout against Bakersfield for Spencer Martin. That was the only time... I would think in a playoff situation that you would say, okay, well, we have to break the alternating and we need to go back to him. They went right back to Archer Seelovs, like without skipping a beat. And I don't think it was a very tough decision to be quite honest with you. And it worked out like they swept the Bakersfield Condors. They're doing it again in this series where they're alternating goaltenders and the results are there. I don't think, I don't think there's any, any worry about starting Archer Seelovs. If anything, like, you know, it kind of screws up bakersfield a little bit like we talked about how they're two different goaltenders and you have to prepare a little bit differently like scrambles around the crease and hey spencer martin was fantastic last night with his positioning his post integration and really sealing off the bottom of the net he was fantastic last night that's one thing he did really well like you think about the number of scramble plays we saw chris where spencer martin was anticipating really well um keeping keeping his eye on the puck through traffic right in front of him did did a fantastic job at, of that last night, but that's something Archer Seelovs is really really good at. So you're you're changing your not changing your game plan, but when you're the opposing team, you know that maybe Spencer Martin doesn't have the best glove hand, but that's not really a weakness for Archer Seelovs, right? Or or whatever it is, right? I'm not trying to pick on Martin or anything here, but that's that's what it comes down to. Is I think it's worked for you so far, and I don't see a reason not to continue that. Yeah, shooting on a different goaltender does make it a little bit more difficult. It's hey. It's like a Pokemon battle. Listen, you got a fire Pokemon. You don't want to be throwing your leaf guy out there. You want to get that water guy in there. The water, You want the weakness, right? So they got different weaknesses, these two. And I'm sure that, you know, whoever's doing the scouting for the Wranglers is, is aware of that. That, yeah, Martin's going to, I think Martin's a better goalie at stopping shots from afar. Uh, I don't think he's as athletic as Seelovs. I think Seelovs does let in a stinker here and there, right? Like that'll happen. A shot will be him from the point but he's going to be more athletic when the puck's around the crease. And, hey, look at the way that the Calgary Wranglers are attacking. How many scrambles around the crease did we see last night, right? And those are the scoring chances that they're getting. And I'm not saying, like, they're not getting a ton of scoring chances either. Like, think about last night, like, 
there wasn't like the I guess even like the shots that we saw from the Wranglers. A lot of things from the rush on the outside had like Matthew Phillips a couple times. But hey, Martin last night was big. We saw a couple different breakaways early in that game. We saw uh, Matthew Phillips had one. Uh, I can't remember the other Wranglers play, but there was a couple of breakaways. Martin was good. He stopped them right. So that was a big thing for them. So that's what I'm wondering. Maybe they end up going back to him because they did like some of the things that Martin did last night. But at the same, like I've been wrong this whole series or this whole playoff run. So I'm going to I'm going to guess that it's going to be Seelovs as well. I'm kind of in the same boat with you there. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. We nobody is going to know, right? I, and, I, and I think that maybe helps Abbotsford. And that's why I wonder if it's almost like a, some sort of a chess move, right? Like Calgary is probably expecting Archer Seelovs on Friday. So is it a you know is it a big brain five D chess sort of thing where hey. Let's give them back. Martin, they've been preparing for Seelovs this whole time. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens uh, uh, moving forward here. But I, I want to bring up one more thing. John Stevens left the game uh, very early in the first period, uh, one of his second or third shifts, uh, and he ends up going head over heels over a player. It's sort of like a, a weird play at the blue line where he kind of the player was down, Stevens was in a full speed, went over him, did not look happy. I saw him going down the tunnel immediately when he got off the ice. Looked like a groin type of thing, and I believe that was the injury that was hurting him earlier in the season. Uh, I'll unmute Cody if he can correct me here just for five minutes, but then I'm putting him back on mute. Uh, but uh, Stevens playing 3C for the team. Atu Ratu has played some 3C for the team. Nobody knows where Atu Ratu is. I don't know where he is. He wasn't there on Monday at practice. When I asked Carlton about it, he said he might be battling a little something, but they have to put out their best lineup. So I, nobody knows where Atu Ratu is, so we have to figure that out. Is, is he going to be the guy that replaces John Stevens in that 3C spot? Because that's going to be important. It's going to be really important. Chase Waters is an option, but if you need another center, the option right now, the best one, it's probably Tristan Nielsen. And do you want to take him off of your top line? Because he's playing the wing right now on the top line. You don't really want to mess with that too much, right? So it's going to be very curious to see what happens. They, they kind of need Atu Ratu at this point. They kind of need him to get back in the lineup. And hey, Canucks fans will like that. They want to see the top prospect playing. We didn't see that last year in the AHL playoffs, and, and you know, Ratu scores in that game, so it, it feels like an injury. Like, that's what it feels like, right? It doesn't feel like it's a healthy scratch situation, but I, I don't know for sure. I'm just going off of what I've seen. I didn't see him at practice on Monday, like I mentioned. He scored the, the game-tying goal in Game 2. He felt like he had a pretty decent game. I thought he was quiet throughout the playoffs, but at least, you know, getting that goal at a very important time. Uh, yeah, I don't know who's going to be in on Friday, right? Like, I, I don't know who's going to be in, uh, but I did want to bring up, I, I mentioned Nielsen there. I tell you, like, Quads, how good was Tristan Nielsen and Archie Baines late in this game, right? Like, they were two players that I kept mentioning, hey, look how many shifts these guys. Every time they were rotating the final 10 minutes of the game, it was either Nielsen or Baines was on the ice. Like, Colton really trusts these two. And I was about to ask you who you thought the best player for Abbotsford was last night, because for me, it's without a question, it was Archie Baines. Whoa. Like, the two-way play... And you've been giving the take that this guy's going to play NHL games. Last night was the first night I can confidently say, yeah, if he can bring that to an NHL lineup, he's going to play games. Like, he he's going to play in a role that Phil DiGiuseppe played, where you can put him on the fourth line. He can kill penalties for you. But he also has some offense to his game as well, right? And that's the thing that I feel like is one of, not, not forgotten stories, because we've definitely talked about it on this show, but one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is how this guy led the WHL in scoring last year, right? Like, like he was phenomenal with the Red Deer Rebels. You can come out of junior and be a guy who says, well, I led in scoring, so I'm just going to, you know, kind of replicate that here and I'll be okay. He's really become a complete player. Like he's become a player that 
I don't think many people thought would be in the in the running to play NHL games, but here we are, right? Like he looks like a very, very complete player. He's out there shutting down the opposition when it matters late. He's scoring goals. He's setting up plays. I wrote down here uh, the Hoglander goal. It was set up by Baines, and it was it was a really nice play from Baines at the line to really jumpstart the play. And same can be said about Tristan Nielsen, right? Like their play through the neutral zone, I think, really um, was something that I noticed a lot last night. It was just how good these guys are at either disrupting the opposition or getting the puck up quickly through the neutral zone. And that's one thing that this Abbotsford team struggled with in this series against Calgary that they did so well against Bakersfield, right? Like, look, I, I was talking to you about it and, you know, Harmon came out to a game with you a few, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but he said, wow, AHL hockey sucks. Like there's a lot of broken plays. We weren't seeing that with Abbotsford, especially against Bakersfield. We were seeing them really cleanly break the puck out of their end, get it up quickly, get it into the opposition's end with control, not just a dump and chase with control a lot of the times. And they kind of got away from that against Calgary. Now I know Calgary's a better team and that can, that can be attributed largely to that. But last night, especially Nielsen and Baines, their play through the neutral zone both ways was phenomenal. And to me, Archdeep Baines was Abbotsford's best forward, best player last night. Yeah. Get ready to clip this Emil because how long have we been saying it on this show that RCD Baines looks like an NHL player and something that we saw last night that I absolutely loved. You mentioned it, the playmaking's there, the offense is there. That's what he, he did that at the WHL, right? Like it wasn't just goals. He was scoring. This is a really smart passer. That is something in his game that translates to the NHL. You can say that like, like Danila Klimovic, you get excited about the offense. Do we know that's really going to translate to the NHL? I'm not so sure just yet. There's still time to tell him that. Arshdeep Baines has the type of offense that is going to translate to the NHL because it's a high hockey IQ. He's thinking the game faster than these guys in the AHL are. And last night, you watch the final few seconds of that game, and the Abbotsford Canucks are kind of just holding the puck in the corner, like getting the last few seconds off the clock. A couple of huge slashes on Noah Juleson. And Arshdeep Baines showed something that I haven't seen from him all year. Real strong physicality, sticking up for his guys. Big cross checks in the corner, almost drops the gloves. I think he took a roughing penalty, actually, at the end of the game, so that's going to be reviewed by the AHL. Nothing's going to come of that. But Archie Baines, he showed me something last night, the physicality, stepping up for teammates, more than I've seen the rest of the season, and that's exactly what you want in the playoffs. So I'm on the train, man. Archie Baines is going to be an NHLer. He's proven that every night at the the AHL level. And you're seeing it, man, all the minutes he's getting. i got to get a stopwatch out when, when he's playing in these AHL games because I wish they had that publicly available somehow to see ice time. Baines is, man, yeah, he's going to be an NHLer. I, I don't have much of a doubt about it, to be 100% honest. Like, I, I have floated it throughout the year, but I don't have much doubt at all. He is going to play in the NHL. I think he plays in the NHL next year. He's done that enough. He's trusted that much by the coaching staff. And you mentioned it. He can provide some offense as well as what he does defensively. Probably the best penalty killer in Abbotsford this year, too. What else could you want? Like, this kid has everything you want in a player that's that age and hoping to make a jump into the NHL in the coming years. He's going to do it. He is going to do it. R.C. Baines will be a Vancouver Canucks soon. I like it. All right, Emil, you heard him. Clip that. Make sure you clip that. That's a good clip there. Uh, Intern Emil in the background there. But, yeah, it's so hard to disagree with that, Chris, because, like, I said this already, but last night was the night where I really, really noticed it, where I said, okay, when it comes to things you need to do at the NHL level to find success, Archdeep Baines just did it all last mm-hmm. night. Like he, he quite honestly did it all. That's the easiest way to say it. It's just, 
he was all over the ice and he was doing uh, doing everything it takes to win. And that was something that uh, that was really nice to see, to be honest with you. And I, I think, it, like you said, he's going to play NHL games. Okay, anything more on Abbotsford that you want to get to before yeah. we move on here? Well, we'll get to the how, how to win thing because I, I mentioned on the drive up, I gave you one for every hour that we were driving, actually. I gave you three things that the Abbotsford Canucks needed to do to win this series. It was going to take three. What's? Hold on a second. You yawned off the top of the show. What's going on over there? You're yawning away over here on the show. I don't know. Right. Well, I got home so late from Abbotsford. Oh. You had me up late. So, you know, a little tired today. I left your house. I still had 35 minutes to get home. There's still traffic somehow at 1145 last night. <laughs> uh, all right. How to win. I brought it up uh, on the drive up. I said there's three things. If they do these in each game, or not even each game, just separate games, they'll win. So what was the first one I said? Linus Carlson to get some power play goals. Christian Willanen to get some offense. They did that last night. They got their win. Two games left. You need two wins to win this series. The other two things I brought up, Niels Huglander needs to have a dominant game. If he has a dominant game like he did in really both games like Bakersfield, they'll win. They'll win that game. He's that good in the AHL where he can win you a game single-handedly. You're going to need something like that. I think that can be something in game four or game five. Like Niels Huglander can go at you and, and win this series. The other thing is Marty or Artie needs to steal a game, right? The goaltender for the Outsider Canucks, they've had games where they've stolen it. They've won, you know, we've seen performances with Spencer Martin this year where he's, you know, stopped 40 of 41 and been so effective. And same thing with Archer Seelaws. We've seen shutouts all throughout the season from him. If you can get one of those in each of those final two games here, one night where Huglander stands out and really dominates, one night where your goaltender steps up, they can win this series. They can really win this series. Like, they can. It's the best team in the AHL, but they play them well. And if they can get those things, they'll win this series. If they can get one game where a player like Niels Huglander or even potentially like a Carlson or even a Rao or Dowling, one of these guys steps up and just plays incredible, plays the game of the season for them, they'll win that game. And then the same thing, if the goalie can steal you one, like, they do have a chance in this series, a legitimate chance to take this thing home. I just think it's going to take... It's going to take a heroic effort, to be honest. Like, you can call it that. It's going to take a heroic effort from one of these top players on their team in these final two games because it's not like the Wranglers, aside from their goaltender, they don't have a player that really sticks out as, like, he is the best player on the ice for sure. Like, Matthew Phillips is good, but we saw it last night. How many times did the Abbotsford Canucks just get a body on him? I mean, Matthew Phillips, I know they don't count ice time, but he spent four and a half minutes on his ass that game because he's getting knocked over every two seconds. Like... You know, that's what they were doing to this player. You don't do that to Niels Huglander. It doesn't happen to him. He's, he's too strong on the puck. He's too strong on the boards. He's not on his asshole game long like Phillips was last night. I mean, you can see this team has a chance to really do this and pull off this reverse sweep. It would be incredible. And you tell you what, you reverse sweep the champions, like, you know, the champions of the regular season, that is. You're going on a run in this playoff. So it's very possible. I think the crowd's going to make a big difference on Friday. And then I don't think the crowd has to make a difference for Sunday because that team's going to be locked in if you get to game five. So uh, those are my things. Anything else that you think might be able to to get the Abbotsford Canucks over the hump here and get a win? Because I'm saying Huglander and the goalies, they can win game four and five for you that way. Yeah, I would also argue that the four things that I mentioned before, well, three, let's not count the crowd and let's just talk about the on-ice play. I would argue that those three still matter a lot. Like you, you can't get you can't get into penalty trouble. You need your special teams to be good. And I know it sounds obvious, but folks, they just weren't doing it. They weren't doing it in this series, and that just needs to continue. Like, yeah, everybody was talking about, oh, we were right there, we were right there. Yeah, well, you also didn't capitalize on your chances, right? And look, I'm not, I'm not knocking any of the players or the coach or whoever um, was the ones that were saying that. 
you didn't get it done. You didn't get it done. And ultimately it came down to the little things and the little mistakes that you made. Um, you know, not capitalizing your power play chances, uh, being undisciplined, like that can't happen. You you can't revert back to what cost you ultimately games one and two, because yeah, you were right there and you went to overtime, but you didn't do the little things and it cost you. And hey, little things, Louis, uh, let's let's not forget that those things do really matter and they do impact games. So yeah, a big game from a goaltender is great, but also don't force your goaltender to have a big game, right? Like that's something that I'm going to be watching closely uh, is do they revert to these old habits? Or, I don't even call them habits, these things that cost them games one and two. Yeah, no, it's true. I think... It'll be interesting because I, I think there'll also be a couple of lineup changes too, right? We we talked about John Stevens. I just the way that he went down the tunnel. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. If like when you throw your glove down the tunnel like that, have that much anger, it's probably like a feeling of like, damn, it's that thing that I hurt during the season again. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. But I, you know, a forward might come in the lineup. I don't know. Maybe Vinny Arsenault is is healthy enough. That would be huge for this team physically to to get him into the lineup and really push around that McLean guy off of Calgary who's, you know, all up in uh, Rathbone's business last night. So that that could be interesting. Defense, I, I think they're going to take, uh, you mentioned little things, Louie, a teammate of his this year in the SHL, Philip Johansson. I think he's coming out of the lineup, eh, after last night. Like, he did not get a lot of shifts in the second period, did not get a lot of shifts in the third period. I, I just don't think that he, there was one point I watched him, and he's standing around the crease, didn't know where to go just didn't know where to go, and then you get a shot from the slot against him, and and you could clearly see it. Like, he's taking a couple steps this way. Oh, no, maybe I'm supposed to go this way. Like, like the, this is a real structure thing with this Abbotsford Canucks team. It's why they don't give up so many scoring chances compared to AHL teams, and I just it's too difficult for Johansson to really pick it up this fast. Um, so I, I'm expecting to see – I don't know what's going on with Brady Keeper. I saw him on the ice on Monday, so he's practicing. So I don't know why he's not going in. I, I think he might go in on Friday, him or Canuck Leapert. They like him for the physicality, and I think he's played pretty good defensively as well. Uh, I expect that to be a change. And then the forward group, you're going to need someone else because I don't I don't know what John Stevens' status is uh, moving forward here, whether that's Ratu if he's available or, hey, maybe the big Vinny. He's coming in. That would be great for the series. I mean, this this series has already been electric. You wait till Vinny drops the gloves at center ice against a Wrangler with the whole crowd watching him, towels going nuts. That would be an incredible moment. Uh, and they love him out there. How many jerseys did you see number 18 in the Abbotsford Center? They love Vinny out there. That's right. We saw him in the parking lot too. Kyle Burroughs, we, we, yeah. we should mention this. Kyle Burroughs getting out to the Abbotsford Center last night won't have a contract with the Canucks uh, at this time. Scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent. Still going out and supporting the boys. Uh, we saw him in the parking lot. And uh, yeah, it was, how, it was how, nice to see Kyle Burrows out there for sure. Yeah, how cool is that? He doesn't have a contract for next year. He's just a Vancouver hockey guy. He's just out there watching the game. You know, like uh, doesn't even have a contract with the Canucks next year. He's out there supporting the team. Uh, so that was great to see. Um, all right, let's um, let's get into the Karamaki stuff here. Okay, we'll uh, we'll dive into this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, uh, latest reports, and I think this is going to happen over the next few days here. I think that uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi is going to sign with the Vancouver Canucks, sign his entry-level contract, which will... Because he's getting loaned to the SHL, I believe it's going to slide into next season. So uh, I expect this to come down in the next few days uh, because I think they want to figure out the SHL teams are, are wanting to know, like, hey, we want to take a run at this guy. There's a couple teams that are interested in Jonathan LeCaramacchi, who just had a great playoffs here. You can see the stats on the screen right now, 15 points in 15 games. SHL teams want him. I've heard that Fargestad, who's the team that I mentioned uh, last last episode on the show, or even last week, I think, it'd be great to see him play with Lucas Forcell, a fellow Canucks prospect. Uh, Fargestad is one of the teams that's in the mix right now for him, but I've heard that uh, Lexans is the front runner uh, to get LeCaramacchi involved with their team. All those guys, those young players, they got uh, Liam Ogren uh, and Odelius maybe staying with Jurgarden, but all those young draft picks uh, from Jurgarden, they're actually kind of getting, they're all getting loans right now. Uh, to the SHL. So it's, it might start with a contract for an ELC with Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised to see it tomorrow, if I'm being honest. Um, so come back to this video if that happens tomorrow. But uh, see him sign his ELC with the Canucks, get loaned to the SHL. The ELC won't start. He'll get loaned, but it'll still give you the option to get him over here in the AHL playoffs next year, or the AHL run once his season's over in the SHL next year. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, another one would be Orobro. That would be interesting. Like, I haven't heard anything about Orobro involved. I've only heard the two teams, but... Just like, it'd be cool to see him with another Canucks prospect, right? And Orobro would be great, because I know these two of, uh, with Elias Pettersson, the defenseman being with Orobro, they've got a good relationship. They were drafted in the same draft, a couple rounds apart. Uh, I saw them traveling from Montreal to Vancouver. I was on the same flight as them. Uh, They were together, like, throughout it, so that's good, and I think they have a good relationship, those two, so that's an option as well. Uh, Lex Sands, like I said, is the front runner. It sounds like they're very interested in getting LeCaramacchi in their lineup, Uh, and I think it's going to come down to one of these SHL teams kind of not necessarily promising, but like really telling them like, yeah, you're going to get top six opportunity here. Like you're a skilled player. We're going to put you in this position to succeed. Um, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. LeCaramacchi signed his rookie contract, which is like a weird, uh, it's an SHL sort of thing uh, or Sweden hockey sort of thing. He had a rookie contract last year. There was a one year deal. So he doesn't um, like he could just sign with an SHL team. This is the other possibility. I don't think this is the likely scenario. But he could just sign with an SHL team, no ELC with the uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. But I don't think that's how it's going to go. I think they're going to get him under contract and then get him loaned. Just a little bit more control when you send a guy off to an SHL if you have him under contract and you're loaning him that way instead of him just signing a direct contract with an SHL team. So hopefully that explains the situation a little bit. But everything we're hearing, LeCarrie Mackey's going to be in the SHL next year, whether it be Lexans, Fargestad, or Bro, heck, I don't know. Maybe it's Moto. Maybe they liked what they saw. Uh, in the Al Svenskin finals because they just got promoted to the SHL. We'll see him. We'll see him in the SHL next year. That's what it's really feeling like. As much as people want to see him in Abbotsford or heck playing in the CHL, ripping it up, 
I don't think that's happening. I think he's going to be in the SHL next year, and uh, there's some good options for him. And hopefully he gets that top six minutes that he's going to need for his development. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we're going to be following closely. Uh, you can follow along, obviously, at CanucksArmy.com for all of the latest. Okay, uh, Chris, odds and ends. Let's go. I have one for you right away. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Norris Trophy finalists. Norris Trophy finalists are going to be announced today. Do you expect to see Quinn Hughes uh, as part of those three names? Hmm. No, I don't. Okay. Who do you think? Well, Carlson is. Can you has think to about be it? Because I'll give you mine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm thinking you're going to see Eric Carlson, yeah. who's ultimately going to win the award. You're going to see Adam Fox. And from there, maybe Hampus Lindholm. I know he was on my ballot. Like, mm. from there, I don't think there's a clear number three. So, this is why I think that. You might see Quinn Hughes. I don't think it's super likely. I think ultimately when everything's said and done, I think Quinn Hughes is going to finish fourth overall in voting. So he'll just miss the mark, like just miss it. I think that's what's going to happen personally uh, is when the full votes come out. Because right now we're only going to see the three finalists, whoever picked up the most votes, the top three. I think we're going to see Quinn Hughes in that fourth spot. I think that's where he's going to ultimately fall. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's another name as well. Um now, I'm sure people can kind of tell who I put on my ballot. Kill McCarr, I don't know if he played enough games to pick up enough top three votes, but he's also Kill McCarr. So maybe he does pick up those votes. I'm very, very curious to see, Chris, uh, who it is that comes out in that top three. Habs Lindholm had a really good year in Boston, really solid two-way presence, but I don't know if he's going to be in the top three. Like He was in my top three, but I'll tell you personally, Quinn Hughes was higher on my ballot. I had Quinn Hughes higher. Uh, at second, I had Quinn Hughes second on my ballot. So I'm curious to see um, where Quinn Hughes ultimately lands if he's announced uh, as part of these finalists. Yeah, you know what? He's in my top three if I was picking. But what I'm saying is I don't expect him to be one of the top three from the PHWA selection. Because you look at the listen. What's the first thing you do when you wonder who's going to win the Norris? You jump on the stats. You see who's put up the most points, and, and that's what's going to happen. I don't care what the. I don't care if you really want to take Hampus Lim Tolm into the equation. Some people probably put him in their top five for the votes, but you're simply going to look at the stats. A lot of the a lot of the writers are. A lot of the people voting on this are going to just do that. And hey, when you look at it, Quinn Hughes is the only defenseman in the top sixteen for points without ten goals, and I think that's going to hurt him. I think that's going to hurt him when you're looking at people around the league. Do we see him on a night to night basis, and he's exhilarating to watch? Yeah, and I think he is one of the top three defensemen who should be in the mix for this uh, for the Norris Trophy. But I, I don't know if he's going to get enough votes. I don't know if he's going to get enough votes. I think the assists are great. Listen, finished with 69. It was a nice year for him, but he couldn't find the back of the net more than seven times. And I think until he gets 10, I don't know if he's going to be in the mix, if he's going to be one of the finalists for the Norris until he gets 10 goals. Like, it just feels like that needs to be... I just feel like that's like the... And it's I don't agree with it, but I feel like it's the thing around the... like. You're going to need to get 10 goals from the back end to be in the mix for the Norris, I feel like. And also worth mentioning, obviously, Brandon Montour had a really solid year. Yeah, He's in the top five of scoring. Josh Morrissey is the only defenseman uh, not named Eric Carlson who also had at least 76 points on the year. And that's what Quinn Hughes finished with. So he's tied for second in scoring and uh, he got harder matchups than Morrissey. Plays, you know, exceptionally well at both ends of the ice. I'm 
I didn't have Morrissey on my ballot at all. I don't know what the other writers are going to have on their ballots, but I didn't have Morrissey on my ballot at all. To wow. be honest with you. That's interesting. I'm a little surprised with that, yeah. actually. I, I I dug very deep into different analytics and stuff to inform my decision. And I had, like I said, I had Hampus Lindholm number three. He's not in the top 10 for scoring. I didn't just do it by scoring. I think that's silly. I think you need to do all around defense. And the way I do it is I kind of assign a different weight to how well you did something like on the offensive side. Do you kill penalties? Uh, Do you face the toughest matchups of any defenseman on your team? All that sort of stuff. I look at a lot of different stuff when I was making this decision. Um, And then that's ultimately why I landed on Eric Carlson as my number one was because he just put up 101 points and that's just, look, it's, it's unheard of. Right. And I think when you have that much of a gap in the offensive side, even if your defensive game isn't the best, which we've already talked about Carlson's isn't, even if your defensive game isn't the best, I think when the gap's that wide, you deserve to win it. You deserve to be number one. That's why he was number one on my ballot. Here's what'll piss me off when we see the finalists come out. This'll piss me off. If Dougie Hamilton is in a top three and Quinn Hughes isn't, that'll piss me off. And that'll just be about, the reason it'll piss me off is because they just went to the stats and saw who scored and they're like, oh, Dougie Hamilton had 22 goals. And then, like, probably didn't even scroll over to the right and see that he only played 21 minutes a night. Like, Tyler Myers is playing more goddamn minutes than this guy. You know? Like, that's what's going to piss me off. You see Dougie Hamilton in the top three. That'll piss me off if he's one of the finalists there. Uh, all right. Let's uh, wrap it up on this. Great, big, big story coming out of Russia. You got this last graphic here, Alex? Last one? Maybe? Get up. Get up. Canucks need, uh, they look at, they're looking for young guys. Oh, Nick, my God. Nikolai Goldobin, this report coming out of Pavel, uh, Pasher Hockey RU on Twitter. Nikolai Goldobin rejected his KHL offer earlier this week, and he will not be signing a contract extension with the team. He is looking to sign a contract in North America. If I'm an NHL team, I definitely have interest in him. So I got the, I got the Nikolai Goldobin rookie cards out again. <laughs> Free Goldie. Bring him back. Hey, Abbott's, now, here's the thing. Maybe he'll play in the AHL now. He's not across the continent. Down the road, he'll play in Abbotsford. This is an excellent AHL player. Still, you look at every single line mate Elias Pettersson's ever had. Nobody has a better control of the goal share than Elias Pettersson and Nikolai Goldobin. Free Goldie. I'm imagining Rick Tockett calling his oh. good friend Travis Green and saying, Hey, Travis. We just signed this kid out of Russia. I know you coached him. Nikolai Goldobin. What can you tell me about him? Hey. And I would I would pay good money to listen to that call. Sure. Sure. But look at all the Russians they got already now. There was no Russians before. Okay? Goldobin's looking around. He's got his agent. So that's going to help Goldobin? Yeah. His agent's looking around the league, and he's thinking, what, what makes sense? What makes sense? Hey, look at this. They got Mikheyev, Podkolzin, uh, Kravtsov coming back. Uh, all these All these Russians... Goldie likes playing with Russians. He likes playing with the Europeans. Yeah, you know what? Now that I say it out loud, he ain't, he ain't coming to Vancouver. Talk, it's not going to approve that. But uh, free Goldie, I hope he uh, yeah, turns like, out. What are you talking about? Hey, infectious smell. I'll tell you what. Imagine this. So we need you, you get the translators, right? Kuzmenko and Goldobin out there together? Come on. Everybody would be smiling if you're going to a media, if you're doing like a, a little like interview situation. I you wouldn't be able to find more smiles anywhere else in the world. They'd all be looking at those two. They're good uh, infectious smiles because Manko and Gold Open. It'd be a lot of fun to get him back, but uh, I like him for Abbotsford more than I do Vancouver. 
Okay, final odds and end. Uh, odd and end, I suppose. Um, I could not have been more wrong about New Jersey and Carolina being one of the more entertaining series. Ugh. Carolina is just playing this shutdown hockey that we expected to some extent. I thought New Jersey would be able to penetrate it a little bit better. One shot in the first period last night for the New Jersey Devils against the Carolina Hurricanes. That series is not going to be the most fun one. Uh, as I now foolishly said in our second round predictions uh, on Tuesday's show. So it'll be interesting to see how these series kind of progress. Some of us are off to better starts than others. Your idea of a New Jersey sweep over Carolina is already dead. Uh, Alex and I still going strong on all of our predictions. And that's why you choose six or seven games, folks. You play it safe. Ugh, not me. Kyle says uh, Goldie can join the Russians as the fifth Infinity Stone. I've actually seen that movie, so I get that reference. And by the way, Jesse, I see uh, Jesse in the chat, who we met last night. We met Jesse and uh, Chad and Brandon, all them out there. Uh, great to chat with them at the intermission. I saw where Jesse was sitting because he, he sent me uh, he sent me the, the ticket that he was at. Jesse almost broke the glass. Uh, did you see at the end of the game, Quads, uh, the Abbotsford <laughs> fans? That was Jesse's section. They were almost busting through that glass. I also saw Jesse was giving it to, to Dustin Wolf and the McLean guy. I saw a couple of birds coming up there from Jesse at one point uh, <laughs> to giving that to McLean. So shout out to Jesse. We met him at the uh, first intermission there, uh, who's always in the chat here, and we appreciate that. But I tell you what. Uh, that uh, those boards go easy next time, Jesse. You you guys had that whole section banging on that thing. I thought that it was going to go down. It looked like you know they were doing the wave in the crowd. The boards are doing the wave because they were smashing on it so hard at the Abbotsford Center. Yeah, it was good. The whole the whole boards were just like the the glass was just waving, and it was yeah. very very funny. I do got to mention uh, this obviously too. the players at the other end of the ice. Yeah, let me let me bring this up because it's funny. I, I I told you this uh, when we got up there. Like I, I'm in the concourse a lot. I don't get I get recognized here and there in in the Abbotsford concourse because every everyone like I cover the Abbotsford Canucks. It's fun, so it's nice to to meet the people out there. But you and I, when we're together, we get recognized a lot more for some reason, which is like weird. I, I stick out like a sore thumb. I should, you know, you think you just recognize me, but when we're both together, we had people run up and take selfies. It was a blast uh, out there in Abbotsford for sure. So that was great. And by the way, Chad, uh, if you and your kids are listening to this, I hope you guys enjoy the uh, the Zephyr Epic cards. Good stuff, uh, and I even gave uh, gave Chad a uh, Mark Messier card too, just uh, for him for his collection. So we'll see if he likes that one or not. All right, I'm done. I'm done. No more odds. No more ends for me. Yep. Likewise, uh, we'll be back. When are we going to be back? Monday, the hey, draft lottery show. Say That's it. The next yeah, time we'll let's be talk back. about yeah. that a little bit here. We're gonna. So the time changed on it, right? Did you see this yesterday? They changed the time. It's uh, now it's yeah. five o'clock Pacific. Do I got that right? I think they changed it. It was going to be four. They changed it to five. Yes. We'll be yeah. back. Uh, we got to get some social posts here. It, there you go. Emil, you want to do a fantastic job, Emil? Get us some uh, posts up there on uh, the page. we got a draft lottery coming up on Monday. Uh, so we want that. We're going to be live show here. Uh, I think we're going to work on getting a uh, – we're going to talk a lot of prospects about the draft, and I saw some questions earlier in the chat. Sorry we didn't get to them. We'll get to them. We have lots of time in the offseason uh, to talk about draft prospects. I've been watching this uh, – what do I got here? It's Tom, Tom Willander kid. I tell you, he's looking good. He's got a 54% Corsi. In the uh, in his J twenty and fifty five percent control of the expected goals. I've been tracking him. This Tom Willander kid, and keep an eye on him here a little bit. Right shot defenseman, maybe a later pick in the draft, but uh, we'll see. We'll talk about that, and they'll change. Uh, yeah, the time change there for the draft lottery. We'll be live. We're live here for the draft lottery. When it's going down, come hang out with us here in the chat, uh, and it'll be a lot of fun for us. Yeah, let's run it. You, you're live there, Alex. Let's see. Montreal, Arizona going first. St. Louis going first. Columbus going first. 
Washington going for it. There it is. Vancouver at number two. I'll take that. Vancouver at number two will take. Still haven't seen. Alex is running through this thing, uh, you know, fast as hell here. Nothing. Nothing. I, nope. Vancouver's not going to get well, well, yeah, okay. We'll save it for another day, Alex. Come on. You're just, now it's, dep- this, when Alex does it, it's depressing. Has Alex ever hit Vancouver at number one? No chance. No, he has not. He has not hit Vancouver at number one at oh, any he's, point. He's got um, the, uh, Alex, keep doing it. Oh, God. No, Alex has got the Keep Gary Bettman version where the Canucks can't move up. That's what he's got over there. <laughs> Alex, keep it going while I close this thing out. We'll see. There will eventually be one. And then when you hit it, just pause it right there. That's what we want to end the show oh. on. I'm seeing Chicago move up a lot. Detroit. And I was having this conversation with you guys the other day. Like, Detroit put themselves in a better position to win the draft lottery number than two. the Canucks did. Like, the Canucks bought from Detroit at the trade deadline. And now Detroit... Uh, obviously with a 5% chance at landing Connor Bedard. And twice now, hey! there we go, there we go. Twice now in Alex's simulators, Detroit won. Vancouver moves up 10 spots in the final one. And with that, we will close it out. We'll see you Monday, folks. Uh, check us out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. A uh, little watch along for the draft lottery. But in the meantime, and in between time, for my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer Alex Lard, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 